Hello, I'm Alice Arnold, and welcome to our mini summer season of the Magic Musicals and Theatre podcast. This week, our special guest is Martin Kemp. I'm with Martin Kemp backstage. We're in a tiny dressing room. This is not your dressing room. This is no, no. This, this is, is definitely a... not the star's dressing room. No. I don't want to do it down, but it's But listen, not. you know, this is an old theatre. Some of these old yeah. theatres haven't been remodernised for a long time. No. But uh, some of this part of the charm. Yeah. Have you got mice? Quite a lot of them have mice. Uh, I couldn't tell you that. Have you not seen a mouse? I haven't seen If you any. haven't seen them, then we're safe to get out the cakes, because we oh, always start cakes. my interviews with cakes. Cupcakes. Not from my normal shop. Oh, but wow. So oh, they look beautiful. You, go. you can choose. Well, hang on. I'm going to put my microphone down for a second while we open the box. Well, they look beautiful. I won't eat one yet while well, we're on air. Well, <laughs> well I'm trying to My producer to certainly will. So right, um, yeah. well, but you can maybe have not one. while she's holding them out. Oh, it's yeah. a complicated box. I can't open it. There are two coconut and two. Well, they look beautiful. Anyway, yeah, there look. you go. Thank you very much. All right. Now. <laughs> So, Martin, you've just taken over yeah. um, in Chicago. Um, well, how's it? How's it been? How's it oh, it's been amazing. I mean, this is a show that uh, has been banging on my door for me to do for the past ten years. Because yeah. uh, ten years ago, it came to me, and they asked me if I wanted to do it, and I kind of wanted to, and I kind of prepared for it in a way, and uh, it just the timing was wrong. And I couldn't get it together. So it's always been one of those that got away. So every time I walk past a theatre and it said Chicago above it, above it in the West End, I always felt like, you know, one day I've got to do it. And then it came back to me, um, you know, a couple of months ago, someone suggested that uh, I should come along and do it again. And uh, I thought, perfect. You know, it's one that has been waiting there for a long time. Yeah, yeah, it is about the right time and the right yeah. place and everything. You look incredibly fit and well. You oh, look like someone who's been enjoying much. the heat wave. Oh, no, I was on holiday for a bit and I was oh. working. So, um, right. so it all builds up. But I'm one of those people with a... Uh, Tans come within seconds, and then they take weeks for it to leave. So, um, so you've always, always been incredibly healthy. And you, you can you talk. Do look You're tanned. Well, yeah, yeah, a bit of that. Because <laughs> I don't work very much, Martin. That's why I try to avoid it. <laughs> but here we are, yeah. <laughs> working now, yeah. working, interviewing you. Um, so, but acting was. I mean, I know you're known, obviously. Yeah. Firstly, probably for for being a singer, but well, it all ballet, depends. But it all depends uh, what age group you are, I think. You know, I think a certain age group rem- remember me in Spandau Ballet and uh, then you have a certain age group that remember me in EastEnders mm-hmm. and then there's a whole bunch of guys out there that think the only thing I've ever done is the Cray to him film. So it all depends uh, kind of what, uh, what kind of line you sit on. But I guess it started with the acting. As a child, it started with acting rather than music. Yeah, so I was were... uh, lucky enough. I mean, when I grew up, I was a super shy kid, you know, painfully shy. So um, this drama club opened up across the road from uh, my house in Islington. You've got to remember, Islington in those days is not the Islington mm-hmm. that it is today. You know, this is kind of post-war almost when, when we grew up. Gary and myself were playing on bombsite still. And so there was very little there and very little chance to escape from where you were brought up. And um, uh, Anna Scher yeah. opened up Drama Club across you the road from famously changed so many people's oh, lives so many, that club, didn't So it? many. And um, it was right across the road from us, so my mum put me there. And it wasn't to turn me into an actor, it was to get rid of my shyness. 
which it was. And before I knew it, I'd done all those 1970s TV shows like uh, Play for Today, Comedy Playhouse, all that sort of stuff. Um, and it kind of got rid of the shyness and it gave me a little bit of uh, charisma at a certain young age that uh, I think is good for most kids to have. Mm-hmm. And, well, your son has inherited that. <laughs> well, he's doing all right at the moment, yeah. <laughs> he yeah, is. I see yeah. he's advertised all over my telly screens all the time. I know, yeah. I know he yeah, is. No, yeah, it's great. He's doing he's all right doing for himself. Well, well, you know, he's, he was always um, a, a really articulate young kid. And he was always a bit of a show-off. And he had this incredible knack of impersonations. And so he used to walk into school in the mornings every morning and the teacher would get him up in the middle of the class doing impersonations of other teachers so uh, he was always the entertainer in the school yeah. so i think he's in the right place for, it, for yeah. himself yeah well he's making a huge success of it yeah that's thank you. for sure so when you mentioned the the film the the, the gray film yeah um and then you went off to hollywood hollywood for a bit yeah for a little bit yeah how did go, that go well because the the Kratwin film went down really well over there you know not box office wise but credibility wise it did so it opened lots of doors for me and gary um gary, and we spent about three years living out there mm. in hollywood and i loved it absolutely loved it uh, i was working as an american doing tv and and um and different film roles and stuff and then um my brother was stuck. My bro- brother did really well. He'd got that movie, The Bodyguard, mm-hmm. while he was out there as well. So he did really well. And, uh, but we were both enjoying it out there. And then uh, the riots happened. And uh, that was the thing that pushed us over the edge. And we came really? home. Really? Yeah. So that's, that's why it did yeah, you? Yeah, because Shirley it frightened the life out of everyone. And Shirley wasn't happy, happy being out there then. And uh, the tension was really was incredible there. So uh, it was time for us to come back. Because I would have thought anyway, uh, kind of a, the LA lifestyle would be mm. so different from what you were used to. In I loved I, it. I guess I loved it. Out you there. Loved you it. know, as long as you got Our swimming pool, all that. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, we had a good lifestyle out there, but um, <laughs> you know, you see, as long as you get your head around everybody networking you all the time and you don't worry about that, then it's fine. Mm. You know. Okay. If you worry about it, it drive you insane, and you won't like it out there. So but then you came back mm. for for East. Well, not for Eastenders, I guess, mm. but but Eastenders happened. Well, no, no, not not, really, not not essentially. What happened was, um, I was I was sent to uh, Vancouver to do uh, a TV show called The Outer Limits. That was that kind of remake of the nineteen sixties TV mm-hmm. show, uh, sci fi horror, and uh, I was playing this uh, old scientist that had invented a, a formula for everlasting life. And as I'm sitting in the makeup chair one morning, they're pulling on this ball cap on me because everything goes wrong and he starts to de- deteriorate at a much quicker rate. So it all goes wrong and uh, they're dressing me up, pulling the ball cap on, and they see this huge lump on the back of my head. And it's a brain tumour that is growing underneath So my that skull. happened because they... Doing the makeup, yeah, and uh, I kind of realized it was there in the previous couple of weeks. Shirley had felt it as well, and um, something was going on, but we weren't sure what it was. But then, uh, when they pulled the ball cap over my head, it kind of it was just so pronounced, you know, you could see Mm. it clearly. And it was actually the skull that was protecting itself, so it was kind of thick and it was kind of the skull was growing out of shape. So that happened, and they sent me home. 
uh, from there, and uh, I ended up with a few years, uh, well, four years of being in the middle of this kind of hellscape that was happening around me. And um, it was EastEnders, really, that came straight after that, that pulled me out of that, mm-hmm. out of that... Um, out of that depression. And one of the effects you said that that had on you is that it made you dyslexic and you weren't dyslexic um, before. No, is that no, right no, or not no, quite? It, not well, quite what, ha- what happened with that was that, um, you know, once they'd been inside my head and they were cutting it all around, they cut a few nerve endings that uh, gave me this thing called spatial dyslexia, where if I wanted, which was terrifying really, you know, if I wanted to walk left, I would walk right and vice versa. So my brain was completely twisted okay. for a while because they cut some of the nerve endings. And uh, this is a happy chat. Isn't it? No, no, and we'll then, move on to happy. No, things. anyway, it's interesting though. But but, uh, but what what happened over the over the time over the years was that narrowed itself down to just me becoming dyslexic, and that's what it's left me with, which isn't really a bad price to pay for what I had. And you see, you're talking about your health, and mm. I'm looking at you, and then to the radio listener, you look like <laughs> the healthy, and you look so fit as oh, well. Oh, well, thank I mean, you very much. So what, do you, what, what are we doing to keep ourselves in this sort of shape, apart from going on holiday? I'm all or nothing. Tan? I'm all or nothing. Uh, um, to be honest with you, the tan came from work. Uh, I was away somewhere working. But... Um, uh, I'm all or nothing. If I don't work, then I'm in the gym every day. Are you? Because not because of looking after myself physically as much as looking after myself mentally, because I find it really kind of medita- meditational. Uh, going to the gym, putting your headphones on, listening to music, uh-huh. having your own time for an hour, you know. And uh, so I will do it all the time. But when I work, like now, uh, in the show, then I, I doubt if I will go to the gym, you know. I mean, well, pop in every now and again. Yeah, I mean, well, the show, I guess, especially mm. in this of heat, it keeps yeah. you. It is quite yeah. physically exhausting, yeah. and you're doing your uh, your dance numbers. Yeah. How's the how's the dancing? How it's are we with the dancing? Moving, you mean? Moving, moving in time. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, it's a, everything is a test that you do, isn't it? I mean, this is not only the first time I've been in the West End, it's the first time I've been kind of dancing on stage and it's the first time I've been singing on stage. Uh, I've done other musicals in the past, but uh, without uh, singing roles. But uh, this is the first time, so it's uh, a first time for a lot of things, which is why I'm really enjoying it, I think, because it's all a test and I love that. And how was the first night? Was it... Um, How nervous were we? They go past, first nights always go past so quick, you know, because you have so much nervous energy. Um, and there, there isn't as much rehearsal time as you ever want. You know, you could always do with that extra week, mm-hmm. uh, but that's never going to happen. Uh, so, so you, you know, you go out there and you do your best. But uh, we're a week in now. So uh, the show's running up and running. So we're settling. Really nice. And obviously the yeah. cast, they'd all been doing it for three mm, months. Yeah. So so you were yeah. sliding into a position that yeah. Cuba Gooding Jr. left empty for you. That's right. Um, are, we, are, are you doing it di- differently? Did you see him do it? I saw Cuba then? do it. Yeah, he, Cuba did it really differently. He, did, he played it kind of comedic, really. He had a comedy edge to it, which I haven't seen anyone do play Billy Flynn like that mm-hmm. before. And uh, I came, I really enjoyed it. But, um, you know, I'm playing it a little bit more traditional, as it were, you know, Billy Flynn, the character. Uh, I like him, you know, he's, he's full, of, full of himself, he's conceited, he's like, for me, you know who he is? He's the devil. 
and he's getting these girls to and he's sell one their for the girls. souls so, yeah, he's for 5,000 bucks. And that's who he is. And that's why I love playing him. Yeah. And what about the discipline of the, the eight shows a week? And the, I mean, as you say, you've been in shows before. Yeah, I've done but, before, but, yeah. But you're fronting this. Oh, uh, but, but you know, it, uh, it doesn't matter if you're... When you're in a show, it doesn't matter if you're fronting it or if you're uh, just... Um, one of the chorus you know it doesn't matter it, uh, the discipline has to be the same and um i'm a big one for preparation you know i always have been before i walk on to i think maybe it's because i'm dyslexic as well is that before i even go to a rehearsal i will know every word and every comma and everything yeah. that you could ever learn you know you're you you understand what i'm saying because you're yeah. in the same business as me yeah. you know you cannot wing it anywhere along the line in entertainment if you do you you, you get found yeah. out yeah. so I'm a big one for preparation and uh, and I love it I, I love the test I love the um, I love the opportunity and I, I'm really enjoying myself getting up and singing as well <laughs> but also I think that the prep yeah. especially with a shorter rehearsal period allows you then to perform because yeah. if you're worrying about the yeah. fact you haven't learnt your lines that's what I always say but when people right. say oh it's amazing they learnt. So that's the first thing yeah. get that out of yeah. your way because you can't perform yep. and relax and no. enjoy a performance it's a lesson if you're for thinking any, about what comes next yeah it's a lesson for anybody no matter what level you are of of, of actor or entertainment the minute you walk onto a rehearsal stage that is not a space to learn lines <laughs> you, the learn, learning lines is done at home before you walk onto that rehearsal space rehearsals is about uh, acting yeah. and how you're going to do it but you see when I you can cut this bit out but when <laughs> I worked with some Americans they said they couldn't learn their lines until they had all the motivation and everything for it so Don't I was going that. that doesn't help me no. because I'm now acting with someone with a yeah. book and yeah. Doesn't know. Anyway, no. But, yes, there, you, you, have to, you have to. There's <laughs> this thing, isn't there, where your lines are either in your head or in your heart, mm. and you have to wait for them to sink down. Absolutely. And you have to wait for them to become muscle memory. And then you can play with them, which yeah, presumably after doing a week now, yeah. you're, you're settled in, you, yeah. you know, the blocking, everyone knows where you yeah. are and you know where everyone else is. Yeah, well, what you, you can start to play around more with yeah. the part and expand it. And what it you and find is that. It, it, I mean, it's not in reality, but in your head, you have more time. So when mm. you're on stage, you have more time in between your lines to be thinking about, oh, what if I do this? What if I try yeah. that? And so it becomes uh, fun. Mm. Actually, I think sometimes literally you have more time as well when you're doing like quick changes and things, which you think are quick. And then after <laughs> yeah, a while, it's like, right. actually, I've got time to go back, have a cup of tea that's and right. do the change costume. Exactly on the first right. night. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. I haven't. Oh, it's yes. really, really quick. It's really quick. banging on the first uh, night. Billy Flynn, as we talked about, is a ladies' man. Yeah. But you're not, are you? You've been, well, I mean, you've been a ladies' man, but you've been very happily married. Oh, well, yeah, surely. And I, uh, yeah. Coming up to being married for uh, 30 years this year. Yeah. Which it's is lovely. Well, it's lovely, but I, you know, people say, "Oh, well done, congratulations." I don't see it like that at all. You know, I see it like uh, it's no big deal. It, this is what's happened to us, and it's really nice and it's lovely. But I wouldn't say it's like any kind of achievement. It's just that it's, it's uh, Shirley and I are really, uh, you know, really happy with each other. We love each other, and um, why shouldn't we? So this musical theatre route. Mm. How, do you know how long you're doing this? Uh, I'm here until uh, the first week of September. Right. Okay. And yeah. then, would you do? Would you do more? Uh, yeah, I love bit? it. Yeah. Well, I did a million dollar quartet last year. You know, yeah. uh, I did that for um, uh, about nine or ten weeks. I think all in all, we played the Royal Festival Hall, and that was great. You know, and um, 
what else did I do? I've done a bit of Chitty Chitty Bang Bang over the past few years and I, I enjoy musical theatre but it's not something I didn't see myself doing it to be honest yeah. you know I never thought I would but I'm here now and I'm really enjoying it and so you know the, for me the nicest thing about being in entertainment is that uh, and it's a pleasure that bubble that we, we work in called entertainment and um, the nicest thing about that is you never know what's coming through on your email next and it could send you somewhere completely different that you never even yeah. thought of and doing this as you say testing yourself because yeah. you like that yeah absolutely. so what's the next one because people know that you're up for well you did that maybe you'll have you have you ever is there a part a particular part that you've ever really wanted to play that you've um, done yet uh, yeah Got your uh, there's eye on a couple something. there's a couple you know come on then cuz say it on here and no, you never a, know people there's might. a couple I'd like to play um uh, I'd like to do the Frankenfurter role you know rocky right, horror yeah okay. I'd like to do that that would be a lot of fun and uh, I would like to do um um the Brando role in a streetcar named desire and they're, they're two uh, bits that I've always liked to do. I'm not sure if I could do the Brando role now. I'm a bit, I'm a bit old for that one now. Right. I must probably get the other fillers. <laughs> anyway, it's put it, you've put it out there now. So, yeah, oh, anyone but, who's but, listening? Yeah, no, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, you know, but it is what I said. You know, the nicest thing is you don't know what's coming through next. And, and I'm lucky enough to have lots of strings to my bows mm. and whether it's acting or presenting or or the band or whatever it is and um you know so the, things are exciting we we'll talk about the band briefly because mm. mellow magic we like to play you yeah a lot. Of course. i know yeah we i hear do. it all the time so um <laughs> <laughs> what okay you might not be able to answer do you have one so, favorite track oh yeah of course through the barricades is my favorite track yeah because it's um it means so much to everybody. You know, that, that track, when it was written, it was obviously about, you know, the troubles in Ireland yeah, yeah. and uh, love across the, the, the uh, divide. And then when we took it out on tour, I remember it, you realised that anybody who has, uh, you know, a struggle bringing their love together, it, became, it was their song, you know, especially when we played in uh, San Francisco for the first time and all the gay couples that were in the audience. And it was their song for that reason, you know. And then when uh, the band got back together in 19, um, what, what would that have been? 2009, right? And we took it out on tour for the first time. And I hadn't seen the other boys for about 15, 16 years, you know, because we fell out. And uh, that became our song because it was across the barricade. Yeah. Uh, and so for that reason, I think that song will always be my favourite Spandau song. Yeah. We've got two and a half more months for people to get here and yeah. see you yeah. playing Billy Flynn. Yeah, and, and, absolutely. Uh, yeah, and, and God, you look absolutely how I imagine oh. the perfect Billy Flynn to look. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, that's yeah. what I said. They only chose me. They only asked me to do it because the colour of my hair. Yeah, Because it looks perfect. like Richard Gere. Yes, <laughs> it does. You do look like the perfect. You look like the perfect Billy Flynn. All right, fantastic. Thank nice you, talking Kemp. to you. Thank you so much. was the musicals and theater podcast and if you enjoyed that then why not subscribe it's absolutely free to our channel on itunes or wherever you get your podcasts you can also hear me every weekend morning from six till ten on mellow magic 